0: I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 13. I'm going to tell you something right now as you're turning in your Bibles. I could not be more proud of a young uh, uh of 10 young people that I that I am right now for you, each one of you. Very very special. Uh <clears throat> this year I was not their teacher, and I'm going to introduce that in just a moment, but um, I'm just so thankful for every one of you. I enjoyed your testimonies. Thank you for sharing them. They were great testimonies, and I know that sometime for many of you, maybe all of you, I don't know, it may have very well been the first time you've ever stood in front of a large audience and expressed yourself, but I want you to know you expressed yourself very well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. I want to share with you just uh, three or four verses here. The Bible says in verse 13, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you. Brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work. Without a question, this is a very special day in the life of our church and even more so in the lives of these 10 young people. They are affirming their faith before you and before God himself. We affirm in this church we do not confer faith. Faith is not conferred. It is affirmed. Faith is acquired by what these 10 young people have just expressed to you by a personal relationship with Jesus Christ the Lord. It is a decision they make. It is a decision to invite Christ to be the Savior and Lord of their life. So they have finished a very rigorous journey. This journey began when they were in seventh grade and it continued through their eighth grade and during the course of that time Essentially they have covered every book of the Bible and they have covered a number of doctrinal issues that come from the Bible. And so this is a fairly intense. uh, This is not necessarily easy, but it's fairly intense. And the expectations are very real. They're asked to study, they're asked to respond, they're uh, just uh, all kinds of things. And so I deeply appreciate that. I want to recognize this morning their instructors. Uh, The seventh graders have been instructed this uh, uh, entire year by Donna Pearson and Danielle Pearson, and I'd like them to stand, please. And uh, also, I would like to have Katie Bindle. I know Katie is not here today. She's under the weather. But Katie has been their primary teacher here of the eighth grade students. And would you give them a great round of appreciation? (laughs) In many ways, I'm going to express my remarks in a very brief way to these 10 young people here this morning. But any time you read the Word of God and express the Word of God, there's always something in it for all of us. And so I I pray that you would also uh, be attentive to what God is saying to us this morning in this unique kind of a service. We're so grateful for the parents of these young people. For helping us. This this is not really possible without the help of parents who encourage their young person to be diligent in their studies, and sometimes you kind of nudge a little bit with anything, and and I've been through that, and you have too. But I thank the parents, in particular, for being such a, a great help to helping these young people to come to this point in their faith and their walk with God. You know, we uh, we have very limited time with these young people. I, I we did a little math this week, and we discovered that by when they start kindergarten and through the through their high school years, the school has had them for approximately fifteen thousand hours, uh, and that doesn't include any extracurricular activity or anything like that. The church gets some. We hope from one to four hours a week, and uh, we'll settle for any portion of that. And so there is a great disparity there, and we understand that. We understand that very well. And so I commend you young people who have really stretched beyond uh, the normal limits and things like this. The Bible here says, Paul says, I want you to stand firm and hold the traditions Holding the traditions, that is what you have been taught. What you have been taught about the Lord, what you've been taught about how he works in your life, all of these things, those are the traditions. The harder part of that is the standing firm part. It's to stand firm and to hold on. Standing firm means to you take a position and you don't let anybody push you off that position. That's going to be key in your life. Holding on, holding on, holding on firm to the things that you believe. I, you, you probably already realize this by now in many ways, but there's a lot of things that are going to be pushed your way. And they're going to ask for you to respond to it, to accept it, to believe it, or anything. Some of these are good things, some of these are not. I ask you simply to hold on to the things that you have been taught. The things of God that can, that can give you a stable life in a, in, a, in a season of a lot of turmoil. Hold on to that. Walk steady in that. Walk with God in that. And I think you're going to come out just fine. You're going to do just fine and be a blessing in this. I'm going to give you four quick things here. That, that I want you to apply in your life. And one of those things is to be faithful in church. Now I know that's, that's something you would expect me to say. and In fact, you expect me to say all four of these, in fact. But be faithful. There is so much advantage and so much benefit from coming to the house of God to learning what God is speaking into our lives today. There is so much to be a benefit from having a relationship with other people within the family of God, knowing people, and knowing people that are willing to support you. This is important. Be faithful. be faith, And be faithful in, in a day in which you don't even feel like being faithful. And usually that's going to be the most important day to be faithful. In that season, in that moment, when it's just simply kind of tough. Be faithful to the house of God. And I know this, God will bless you for it. Number two, be faithful to the Bible. Read your Bible daily. Would you do that? Commit yourself to reading this Bible. And I'm not into reading five chapters a day or three or whatever it is. Read your word every day. And I guarantee you, from that word, God begins to speak into our lives. This is called the living word of God. It has life. It has, literally, it has breath to it. And God can use it to speak into our lives and to give us wisdom and to give us counsel can give us direction. So many people, I think, overlook this. But God wants you to be directed by his word. Number three: he wants you to pray. Would you pray every day? And I'm not talking about the thing I get up at breakfast and I'm going to pray over my cereal. That's OK. I'm not knocking that. But there needs give yourself a moment, somewhere in that day, hopefully as early as possible, that you can pray, that you can talk to look, this is talking to God. Just like I walk up to you and talk to you, you talk to me, that's exactly what prayer it is. There's nothing, I mean, there's nothing, you don't have to be in the church house to, to pray, you can be in the closet and pray. But pray, talk to God, listen, let God talk to you. Open your heart, allow him to speak into your life in some special ways. And number four, find yourself good Christian friends. Now, we don't live in isolation. I know that. Everybody knows that. We have all kinds of friends. We have all kinds of acquaintances and everything like that, and you will too. You're going to have a variety of people that are a part of your life, but find some people that are sold out to God, real Christian people, and you'll be able to tell them real easy, and I'll tell you, here's how you tell them. They're the people that build you up. They're the people that will encourage you. They're the people that will lift you up. And they're the people that sometimes will even speak into your life and and speak truth and speak hope and speak help. All of these things God wants to accomplish in all of our lives. Folks, that goes for every one of us in this room. This can apply to all of our lives and it's so important that, uh, that we ask God to help us with this. The other thing, And I want you to do this. I ask you to do this. This is your next step, if you will. And it's a very important one. I think of Daniel. Daniel, I I think Daniel is one of the greatest success stories in all of the Bible. And Daniel was a teenager. We guess, theologians guess, that Daniel may have only been a year or two older than you guys right here. He was taken captive. He was taken to a land that was pagan. He was taken into a bad environment. Everything was negative about this thing. But in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, there are five words that set Daniel apart from absolutely everybody else. And Daniel said this, I purposed in my heart. I purposed in my heart that I'm going to serve the Lord. Now let me tell you something. If you will purpose in your heart today, I will serve God. And nobody's going to knock me off that. Nobody's going to convince me, persuade me, push me, or anything else. I'm going to serve God I can guarantee you this. God will bring you through everything. Because that's what he did for Daniel. Daniel was brought through everything. I purposed in my heart. That's a decision. It's a critical life decision that can help you all of your life. I purposed in my... In other words, the Bible says, out of, <clears throat> for it is out of the heart flow the issues of all of our life. It's not our head. We might think it's our head. It's not. It's our heart. Out of our heart flow the issues of life. Let this be the number one thing that you do today. If you don't do anything else today, as we pray for you, purpose in your heart that we will serve the Lord. And sometimes, folks, that means that you may be the only one serving the Lord in your situation but you've got good company. Noah built an ark, but he sailed alone. Jeremiah was a great prophet of the Old Testament, but the Bible says he wept alone. And you can go on, you can go on. Jesus, the greatest of all, died alone. You can do it. You can do it, and you stand with great company. Because the Bible says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Think about that just for a minute. You're not in this deal all by yourself, even though it may feel like you're all by yourself. There is a great cloud of witnesses that does surround you, and that will encourage you, that will help you. My passage ended this way. Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work. That's what God wants to do in your life. What's the will of God for your life? Here's some of it right here. That he wants to establish you in every good work work, and he will. He will do that. We want to do something right now that we've done for several years, and that's, uh, we're going to ask you to stand here again in just a moment, and uh, we're going to place a mantle upon you. And let me just, uh, let me just share what this means. Back in 2 Kings chapter 2, there was something that happened in the life of Elijah, one of the most colorful, powerful prophets to ever touch first, touch his foot on planet Earth. He was about ready to go to heaven. He knew he was going to have Folks, he didn't go to heaven in the normal way. He just died. He went to heaven in a chariot of fire. I mean, this guy was dramatic from start to finish. And this was about to happen, and he knew it. He had a young protege. And this protege was going to take over, and believe it or not, this protege did even greater things than Elisha, Elijah. And he dropped his mantle, placed that mantle on the ground, Elijah picked it up, put it on. It was the mantle of Elijah, and he went out, and he served God with power, with authority, and with great grace. He did it. We're going to put that mantle on you today in this service and expect God also to work in the same powerful, profound ways in your life. And He will.